Get the best odds on all the big games this March. Download the Circa Sports Iowa app today. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Reaction Time. My name's Jacqueline and I'm joined by my co-host Ben Visser. We're not in the studio today, as you can see. Unfortunately, the internet at the studio has been crap all day. Um, we were having issues getting C-Dub and Bloom, and then we had some issues with some Iowa Everywhere podcasts. So Ben and I decided to play it safe and just record from home to make sure to give the best quality podcast we can. Uh, ben, what's up? How are you? I'm doing great. It's it's fun to return to our roots a little bit where we get to record from home, <laughs> sitting on our couches and just talking wrestling. So it's fun. It uh I think back to our very first episode when I was so worried about like the sound. So I did it in my closet. But this I, I remember that. <laughs> but this was before we were on camera. So yep. no nobody had any idea or that. It took me probably 45 minutes to hit record. So it took a while. <laughs> We've come a long way. I didn't even laugh this time before I hit record. You didn't. It's, it's impressive. <laughs> growth is what we call Gro that. Growth. Growth for us. Um, but we are officially in the thick of it, right? Um, second, uh, like I say every pod, I don't know what to call it, but we're in the second half of the season. Um, conference action is in hitting the in the schedule. Um, a lot of fun wrestling to happen. Uh, recently, Iowa State defeated Arizona State and Kyle Baptist. They got to escape the cold for a little bit there. Um, I saw Dresser had on a long sleeve in California. Um, so I'm curious what the weather was like. But um, knowing them, I'm not surprised they had long sleeves on. So anyways, Ben, give your initial takeaways from Iowa State's trip out west. Yeah. Um, my initial takeaways are, I feel like wrestlers just live in long sleeves. So <laughs> I feel like they could be in Jamaica and they'd be wearing a sweatshirt and it's just like, all right, well, that's what wrestlers do. Yeah, They like to make their lives miserable. Um, but as far as um, this weekend of wrestling, I'm going to talk a lot more about Arizona State than I'm about Cal Baptist. Yeah. Uh, a, because we could watch Arizona State and Cal Baptist <laughs> was on, uh, I think, Flow and I wasn't going to pay for yeah. that. So. Uh, no offense to Cal Baptist, but they weren't worth it. So Arizona State, I liked what I saw pretty much top to bottom. Um, there are obviously a couple of standout matches that I really like to see. And mm -hmm. um, the first of those being Ja'Cory Teamer, number four from Arizona State versus Iowa State's Cody Chittum. Obviously, as we've said a number of times, Cody Chittum, number one ranked pound for pound recruit in the nation. Um, he flipped his commitment from Iowa to Iowa State after the Ferrari news broke that the Hawkeyes are going to start recruiting them. Obviously, uh, the Ferraris are, might be enrolled at Iowa. That part might be true, but they are currently not on the wrestling team. Um, so I, I put this tweet out there the other day. I'm like, I wonder what the brands would do now if they, if the, if they knew now what they knew then. <laughs> um, as far as would they rather keep Chittam or they try to swing their fences with three Ferrari brothers. So that was just a, that's just a fun little thought I had like, Oh yeah, I'm glad we got <laughs> Chittum. Um, but anyway, so the Jacory Teamer versus Cody Chittum match, uh, Chittum has faced a number of top ranked wrestlers this year. 
uh, most notably number two, Jared Frannick from Iowa. And he was literally a second away from winning that match. Um, truly, if it had been a second more, he'd have been awarded a takedown and he would have beat Jared Frannick. Um, unfortunately, it didn't happen. He wrestled a number of other top-ranked guys at Cliff Keen and wasn't able to get over the hump against those guys. But against Ja'Cory Teamer, uh, number four in the nation, Cody Chittum did win um, pretty decisively, which was great to see. Uh, he won that match nine to five. And that was after giving up the first takedown. And like when he gave up that first takedown, I was like, all right, that looks a lot like Ja'Cory Teamer. Like this is an explosive athlete and mm-hmm. he's going to come out swinging these first couple minutes of the first period, just because he is a better athlete than 95 to 99% of the guys he's wrestles. Um, but then Chittum got to his game plan. He hung on his head. He ground, grinded him down. He wore on him. And what I love to see from Chittum is he was really hard on top. Like he was very, very good on top. And we'd seen that in at times with Chittum, but I was wondering how it was going to translate to number four guy in the nation translated mm-hmm. really well. He was really tough on top. Um, so I was great to see. And then the takedown, the most notable takedown that he had Chittum was his little spinning thing where it looked like <laughs> his knee probably exploded, but somehow didn't. And um, that was, I mean, it looked very painful, but it was awesome to see. And it apparently wasn't painful. We asked uh, Cody about that uh, today during interviews, today being uh, Wednesday. I was going to say Tuesday, but then I remembered it's Wednesday. Yeah, it's um, And he's like, yeah, coaches don't love that from me <laughs> <laughs> when I do that. They'd like to see me sprawl. But it's something that I've been doing for the last eight years. So maybe at some point I'll learn. But so far, nothing bad has happened. So he just keeps keeps doing it. It keeps working for him. Uh, his knee is apparently not built like the rest of ours. Because if <laughs> I did that, I would not have a knee anymore. It would, all Every tenon and everything in there would just be busted, snapped, torn into all of it. So um, shout out to Cody Chittam and his bendy knee of magic. Um, <laughs> So that was, I love that match. Um, Jackie, what were your thoughts on that match? Yeah, I think, like you said, the that little spin twist thing he did um, was impressive. It I always am amazed at how he as a wrestler can twist and turn his body because I think we, obviously athletes in, gener- in general are very flexible just because they are consistently working out. And um, Cody Chittum can do things that not, just anybody can do and not experience pain. I thought it was funny when dresser said that it makes his heart stop a little when he does it. <laughs> yep. Um, but it also, the way he described how it just kind of happens makes me think of Jason Kreiser, um, how he doesn't, he just has like no thoughts, you know, they're just kind of going with what feels right in the moment. Um, but really in terms of his win, I think it was really impressive dresser today. He, you know, I guess you guys will be listening to this on Thursday on Wednesday coach said that, you know, he is a freshman, which I think we forget to really pinpoint sometimes when we talk about him, like he, yeah, he's a freshman, you know, this is his first time being a D one athlete. And so the little, some of the issues maybe he had that held him back in winning some of those matches at cliff keen or in other duels, say like Jared Frannick. Um, I think I'm, hopeful and feeling positive that his training so far is going to make him learn how to not make those same mistakes and maybe earn some of those takedowns. Um, He described today how he knows he's going to give up a few takedowns sometimes. And I think his 
having him being comfortable with that makes me feel good about his confidence in himself and um, knowing that he can turn it around. And I think in reality, being able to get a win like this gives him actual confidence with results. Whereas like before you look at the Jared Frannick match, right? And he gave up the the takedown, I said touchdown, the (laughs) takedown. And it, it cost him the match, right? Well, now he's able to see how can I not make that same mistake again? So I'm excited to see what he does as he gets into tougher competition. Um, he's obviously been someone we've talked a lot about in terms of just being like a very dominant add to the roster. And I'm excited to see him getting those results now and seeing how he can step up for the team and getting this type of win is very notable. Like this is, this is a big deal. I was not a hundred percent sure that he would not because I doubted his talent, but because his opponent's just that good. So it was, it was really cool to see him get it. And like, like we had talked about earlier, um, I was glad Pac-12 now worked out for all of us who caught it to watch the duel for um, free because I didn't think we were going to. So um, big, big win for him. I think it's definitely like, a, what was it? A, a God, what do we call those wins? A career a feather in the cap. Yeah, it was it. I think it's what he needed and it especially sets him up for, I think success headed into the end of the season, right into big 12 duels where you can't really afford to make mistakes, like giving up that first takedown. So that's kind of the thoughts I had with that one. So, um, and then the other one we talked a lot about younger Bastida, he went up against Colton Schultz. We hyped him up a lot. Colton Schultz, great guy. He definitely looked like he had, some Matt Russ there. Um, but I think we saw some pretty positive things from younger, despite him being obviously way more ready for this matchup. Why don't you give us being the number one younger Bastida fan in the state of <laughs> Iowa? Give us what, what did you uh, take away from younger's match? Yeah. I had loved younger's match for a couple of different reasons. Um, obviously Colton Schultz is a world-class wrestler. Yes. He had Matt Rust when it comes to folk style stuff, just because mm-hmm. he'd been wrestling Greco-Roman for so long. Um, but there's a couple notable things that I'd like to point out about that match. One, so we say heavyweight because generally guys don't have to cut to make weight at heavyweight. Like you just get away whatever you want to weigh. Mm-hmm. But Colton Schultz had to cut weight to make weight. Um, technically, the cap is 285, and he weighed in at 284.6. <laughs> so he had to cut weight to make weight, which is an interesting thought for heavyweights. Um, so like, this is a big guy that younger's wrestling and it's not easy to push and pull that guy around the mat, especially because he does have that Greco Roman background. So he saw it a couple of times during the match where, uh, one time in particular, I remember Colton did get it. I think it was an over under situation and younger essentially threw that thing in reverse and tried to sprint out of the situation backwards. Um, just because that's not a place where you want to be with Colton, just because he is bigger than you. He is probably stronger than you. And he's obviously very comfortable upper body with his Greco background. Um, so I like Younger's wisdom in getting out of that because I feel like maybe freshman Younger tries to do something dumb in that situation. He's <laughs> like, hey, I'm a great athlete. I can try something here and tries to throw Colton Schultz, which um, I was very happy to see that didn't happen. The other thing that I love seeing was even though there was Matt Russ from Colton Schultz, it showed itself in the third period. He was exhausted in the third period. I'm not going to say he wasn't. He absolutely right. was. Um, but the thing I love to see from younger was he got an early takedown and that was when Colton Schultz was fresh. And that's when you'd expect him to be defending shots. Well, but 
Younger got that um, low single, um, was able to break Colton Schultz down, get cut the corner, and um, earn himself a takedown. So I love seeing that just because it proves to me and to Younger, even though Younger is a confident human being as it is, <laughs> that yeah. he can take these big guys down. He's not going to get stuck underneath like he did the first takedown of the season against that Cleveland State guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Younger's Younger has still only been taken down once this season, and it was on the very first shot attempt of the season where he took a bad shot, got stuck underneath a heavyweight, and got taken down. Um, he obviously learned a very valuable lesson from that shot and has not done it since because that's what I was worried about against Colton Schultz is all right he shoots a shot and he gets stunk underneath of him which would have been very easy to have happen um so happy to see that I was also happy to see Younger wrestle a really smart match Mm -hmm. because again even last year Younger would try to extend matches he didn't need to extend in terms of score margin I'm not sure you ever was going to get a major decision against Colton Schultz. So it's in the third period. You don't need to keep shooting, especially at heavyweight, especially against a guy like Colton Schultz, because that's how you let a guy like him back in the match. You take a bad shot and suddenly you're taken down and he can't get back up. So um, I did like to see as much as I'd love to see younger shoot and score and do all of the fun things that younger can do. I did like to see him wrestle really, really smart match. Um, the third, maybe fourth, fifth thing. I don't know what thing I'm on right now. <laughs> the next thing I would like to see from younger was the fact when the third period started and he had choice, he chose bottom right away and got up essentially without problem. That is shows so much growth, um, from younger, from when he first stepped on campus to now that he will choose bottom against probably most guys. I think Wyatt Hendrickson, notwithstanding, and he's able to get up pretty much without problem. Um, especially against a guy who weighs 285 pounds. And by the time that match started, I bet Colton Schultz weighed more than that. That's just what he weighed in at. I bet Colton Schultz probably weighed 290, 295 during the match. So, um, yeah, really all-around phenomenal performance from Younger. Obviously, wasn't a flashy one, wasn't a high-scoring one, but it might be either this one or the Michigan win, the Mason-Paris win, are up there for top two matches I've seen him wrestle this year. Well, in his takedown, his takedown tracker for those who are tracking with us is 60 to one. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I've, I don't know if I've said this explicitly on the podcast. I know I've said it to you in text. I, I wanted to see younger on bottom and I wanted to see how he did. And I've almost gone as far as to say, I want to see him struggle his way out of it just because he's obviously confident. He's dominant. He's strong. We've heard it from Ben Durbin. We've heard it from younger himself. Like there, he know he knows he's good. And like you said, this was a very smart match. The mat, he won the match four to three. It's not your typical younger win, or at least what we've been used to so far. Um, so I think it's, it's good to see him in that situation. And I'm sure in this scenario, at least from what we could see on TV, it didn't seem like he was in like in a panic or nervous. It seemed like he was, he looked very comfortable. Um, but I just, I want him to be pressured in those ways because once you're in, once you're in, uh, Kansas city, (laughs) I almost said Tulsa again, um, once you're in Kansas city and you're on the mat and you're going through the gruesome days at the tournament, like there's no break, you know, you're going up against these big, heavy, tough 
heavyweights. So I just want to see him go through that early and right away so that when the time comes, when it really matters, he's a hundred percent comfortable. He knows what to expect. He knows how to get himself out of those. And I think the way he wrestled this Colton Schultz match shows that he has come a long way in areas that maybe we don't put under a microscope the way we do his takedowns or his ability to pick someone up. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, no, I was, it was a very good match. Um, Overall, I was very pleased. Um, It seemed like from what we heard from Andy, the SID, there was a great crowd. He said that he felt of the, what was it, like 2,000 people that were in attendance, 40% of them were Iowa State fans, which is awesome. I, I had some people message me on Twitter and tell me that this was their first time going to a duel and some people got the opportunity to just attend, which is awesome. I think that's great to hear about. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, people attending these duels out of state just because we're so, we're in such a silo in the state of Iowa with wrestling that it's awesome to hear that 40% of a crowd was there for Iowa State wrestling. So I think that's awesome. Um, any other any other thoughts you had with the Arizona State duel? Um, the only other uh, I mean, obviously you could highlight a few guys, but MJ Gaetan at 174 beat Kyle Valencia eight to four. I didn't know that there was another Valencia brother, um, <laughs> but apparently there is Kyle. And that was a back and forth match. It was a, a high flying match too. Like there was a lot of things going on in that match. Mm-hmm. A lot of them didn't lead to points, but a lot of rolling around in that match. And to see um, MJ Gaetan come out with an eight, four win against Kyle Valencia was great to see. Um, Julian Broderson getting a nice win was good. Will Feldkamp getting a, way, a ranked rent, a ranked win was good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do think we should touch on Evan Frost. He didn't wrestle this weekend. Yep. Um, I would say it's normal <laughs> 133 pounder, um, ranked I think eighth in the country. And asked Dresser about that uh, today, which is Wednesday, and he said that Evan Frost had too good of a time over the <laughs> Christmas break, ate a little bit too much, uh, drank a little bit too much Gatorade, and was a little bit heavy. So they had uh, Ethan Perriman go at 133. Um, I would expect to see uh, Evan Frost back for this upcoming weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's why Evan Frost didn't wrestle. Yeah, which, I mean, he's a freshman. I My assumption is you go home for the holiday with your twin brother and you have to make weight and he probably doesn't have to make weight. So then you kind of slip up a little. That's my assumption. He's a freshman. He'll learn um, just with his toughness. And from what we've seen from him so far, I wouldn't be surprised if this is something he learns <laughs> learns from and doesn't repeat, or at least you hope so. Um, but that's all right. I think guys, you know, stepped up this weekend. Ethan Perriman, like you said, he stepped up. And Zach Redding stepped in for Casey Swiderski. I know, um, was it the Arizona State? Duel that people were pretty upset about, right? Yes. With Zach Redding. Oh, probably. Yeah. Um, I mean, Zach Redding is not a 149 pounder. He wrestled at 133 last year. So I think that one is just, he's just not, sometimes he's going to be not physically matched up there. So, but other than that, yeah, I thought it was good to see Kaisen Tarakina get out there and get a, 12 to six win. Um, 
like you said, Julian Broderson. Yeah, I thought it was a good duel. So, and Cal Baptist, like you said earlier, Iowa State did what they were supposed to, which was go in, be dominant, get bonus points where you're supposed to, and close it out. And that's what they did. The only loss that Iowa State had was Ethan Perriman, unfortunately lost four to nothing at 133. But I mean, that one's kind of it is what it is, right? Yeah. So I mean, I think for me, the the two biggest things from this match are Cody Chittum once again. He got a tech fall against Chaz Hallmark and scored 31 points <laughs> in <himself>. seven minutes <laughs> in seven minutes this wasn't a combined 31 <laughs> points like the match total was 31 points no Cody Chittum scored 31 points by himself in that match um so that was incredible um other things Anthony Echemendi is probably someone we should highlight he had two tech falls this weekend mm-hmm. and I tell you what that guy is on a tear again similar really to is. um Cody Chittum Anthony was a different referee away from beating number one real woods against Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this is a guy who no one's going to want to see in March if he's on their side of the bracket, because he can get to his offense and his offense is scary. Like if you watch that Arizona state dual meet, he was tossing that guy on his head a few times. Like, Oh boy, I don't know if this other kid's going to make it out. <laughs> um, no, Anthony, he's a different type of dude. Similar to Younger, really. I mean, they're both Cubans. And um, that Cuban training center down there, man, they got them wrestling right. <laughs> I was going to say, whatever they're doing with them down there. Yeah, no, like you said, he's been super, super impressive. And I think just his overall demeanor as, like, a person, he just kind of, like, skates by, you know? I think people people have kind of not not underestimated him, but he's kind of flown under the radar almost. But, like, no, he's, yeah, like you said, kind of a menace. He is. He is a menace. <laughs> so definitely one that I think makes makes the idea of what guys can do in March exciting. And I think he'll be one of those that'll be really exciting. So um, but Iowa State's finally coming back to Hilton. Dresser said, I don't know how he described it, but it really does feel like it's been absolutely forever since they've it been sure at Hilton. Does. So Friday night, they take on Utah Valley, and then Sunday, they'll take on Pitt. Um, Pitt right now, what are they ranked? I cannot. I had it in front of me, and now it's gone. Um, Utah Valley should be, in my opinion, a good – on paper, Iowa State will be fine. Um, One matchup, Julian Broderson will have a tough matchup. Um, so that's really what we're looking forward to there. And then Pitt is, uh, they're facing them again. They originally faced off against each other at collegiate duels, Iowa state one. <clears throat> so we'll have a rematch of that. Um, we can start with Utah Valley, just kind of talk about Julian Broderson, who we actually got to talk to at availability and dresser when asked about julian broderson and really how you know how he's been doing this season and how he's grown talked about how he doesn't set his goals high enough um i know julian's been one of those guys where one day we'll feel really really good about him he'll do something really explosive if found in the right position julian will pin guys and then in others we'll just kind of watch him wrestle really safe won't get any points it'll just be really low pace and 
you know, there's frustrations there, right? Because it's like Julian doesn't give us an in-between. We kind of get the extreme. We get the explosive pin or we get the just kind of hanging on. Yeah, the three to two loss. (laughs) Yeah. So I think Friday could really be like a like a defining moment, right? It's it's a moment that I think would be really hopeful for everyone from fans, from for the coaches probably. And I know for us who've been covering Julian for years, I think it would be probably really big for his confidence too, to be able to get a ranked win, a big win that he's obviously not really favored in. Um I would really like to see that from him. I think it would really change the tune of the rest of the season for him if he's able to get this type of win. And of course, if he doesn't and he goes on, I'm not saying he won't win the rest of the season, but I think it's one of those wins that could really set a tone for him that he's really kind of been missing there. Um, What are you thinking? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, His opponent is Evan Bach from Utah Valley, who's currently ranked number 22. And Evan Bach is, or Bachman, I think, Evan Bachman. Yep. Uh, it, he beat Younger Bastida last year. Only once. They wrestled, I think, three or four times, and they only beat him once. But he did beat Younger last year. Again, mm-hmm. that was when Younger kind of had one leg and was cutting a bunch <laughs> of weight. But yeah. um, he did win. So Evan Bachman is very good. Um, and like Jackie said, Julian's a guy who's going to dominate guys he's better than. But for some reason, and I think this is what Dresser's getting at when he says that Julian doesn't set high enough goals against guys he's quote-unquote ranked lower than or guys that are quote-unquote better than him, he wrestles super safe like Jackie said. Like he he's scared of letting something bad happen. So he just wrestles very confined. And why not throw it out there? If you're going to lose, go for it. Like try something. So – I think it'd be really it'd be fun to see Julian go out there against uh, Bachman and throw it all out there because that's a that's a dual meet Iowa State's going to dominate like mm-hmm. it will not be close. Um, besides that Julian Broderson match, and I guess it kind of depends if Evan Frost has his weight back under control. But besides those two things, Iowa State's going to dominate that match. And if Evan Frost wrestles, he'll dominate his match, and Julian's probably the only toss up. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case. And you're ranked lower than Evan Bachman, which he is. Throw it all out there. Because the worst thing that happens is you get pinned. Oh, well, it's not going to matter. I mean, Iowa State's going to win anyway. So, and then if you do win, guess what? Now you have a leg up in seeding come Big 12 championships. Now you have a really good argument for having Julian Broderson seated higher than Evan Bachman and have an easier path to NCAA championship qualification. So, um, I'd lo- I'd love 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 to see Julian throw it all out there, and say why not, and yeah, get put on a show a little bit. Yeah, I think as you were talking, <clears throat> it kind of made me think of, you know, Kyvin Gadsden's thoughts when he went into his last season. Right, you got to let it fly. You got to wrestle free because at the end of the day, what 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 matters, right? Like this is it. So why not just really, truly just close it all out, do do the crazy things. And um, I know sometimes you got to wrestle smart to make sure you don't get pinned or you don't end up in a crappy situation. But, yeah, like you said, there's you have nothing to lose when on paper you're already being predicted to lose. So, um, no, it'd be it'd be a good one. Um, 
today we like i said we spoke with well i guess yeah we got to speak to julian today he had his daughter with him which i think has been a big a big mental thing for him right you become a dad and suddenly you know your priorities change the way you view life changes from what i hear i'm not a parent so i'm not going to pretend to understand but i feel like whenever you talk to people who are parents your mentality changes and he's talked he talked a lot about how yeah you get to be selfish with your wrestling and you get to be a selfish wrestler cuz at the end of the day Yes, it's a team sport, but there's also this huge, um, in, like, individual component to it. And he, I asked him what he wanted Iowa State fans to know about him, and he said he just wants people to know he was selfless. So I think it's been interesting to see how he's evolved just as a person, as a wrestler. And I hope that if even if he doesn't win, that we see him wrestle a, a different way. Yeah. So. I'm perfectly fine if he loses and he throws it all out there. I'm happy with that but if he loses four to two i'm gonna be upset (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure no i understand and i think fans i think fans frustration isn't from a like angry place of like you know what ben this is so funny and i'll give context i when we were getting ready to record i told ben i have this really like an thought process of what I want to talk about when it comes to Julian Broderson and I completely forgot it I couldn't remember it and it just came to me right now as we're recording and it wasn't as necessarily as insightful as I thought but (laughs) what I was thinking was with fans feeling frustrated because they've been very vocal about it and I know Julian's very active on Twitter so I know he's probably seen it right the thing with his losses and the frustration that comes with it it's a good thing that people are upset like if he was someone who just went out there and lost and people are just kind of like yeah okay julian broderson lost like that's a problem that means people have no faith that you can win these matches that means people aren't even thinking about whether you're going to be a win or a loss when they look at a the lineup for the duel and think, okay, what's to, what's going to go down today? What's my prediction? So that's what I was thinking of. I was like, you know, it's a good thing that people are frustrated and it's a good thing. We're having these conversations of wanting Julian to be better. And with dressers um, conversation today about how he's like, he needs to set his goals higher. I mean, that tells me that coach also thinks that Julian's bar needs to be higher for himself because he can do it. He just needs to maybe cut out some of those mental blocks gosh that is so funny that's exactly what i was thinking of earlier <laughs> that is my rant on julian brotherson today <laughs> that's a good rant i'm glad you thought of it yeah it came to me right in the middle of recording that's so funny but also a fun nugget that'll be relevant i guess um his daughter was with him today she was with him at one of the post game or post game post duel gosh this is because i worked basketball last night it's so hard to transition sometimes um post duel press conference olive got to be at one of those and then olive got to be at her first media availability today so when you guys go and watch media availability video just know that olive broderson is indeed <laughs> present for interviews so fun little time there but all eyes are on sunday they're going to go up against Pitt. Um, they're going up against Pitt. Like I said, they wrestled already um, back in uh, the collegiate duels. Iowa State won 21 to 14. Um, when we revisit the score from that match, my first 
thoughts is from the people that lost in this match, it was Zach Redding at 149. So ironic that he stepped in at 149 then and will most likely be stepping in this time too. Coach said Casey Swiderski's more of a no for this weekend. Um, and then you have MJ Gaetan lost at 174, Will Feldkamp at 180, 184, and then someone else wrestled other than Julian at 197, Rowan Udell. Is that how you say his last name? Udell? I think so. Okay. That's how I'd say it. Um, right off the bat, I want to see will feldkamp when yep like you've been on a roll here you've been you've had some good wins you're ranked higher than i'm assuming he will wrestle against reese heller i don't know what did i say he was ranked he's ranked 23rd now no so, reese heller's ranked nine right now who am i thinking of no 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 will feldkamp is ranked nine reese heller is ranked 12 i believe oh, okay i'm thinking of someone else well, regardless, my opinion stands. Yeah, I I would like to see Will Feldkamp get a win this time. And honestly, I would like to see what MJ Gaetan can improve. He only lost five to four. Yeah. So no, I'd like to see MJ, MJ turn that one around. I'd like to see Will Feldkamp turn it around. And I mean, Julian Broderson is going to have another ranked guy. He's mm-hmm. going to have Max Stout from Pitt. And Max Stout is not a world beater. Again, why not throw it out there and see what you can do against a ranked guy? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are a couple matches that I'd like to see turned around from Iowa State. Um, other matches that I'm looking forward to, again, this assumes Evan Frost wrestles and has his weight back under control. Um, earlier this season, he had um, Vinny, oh boy, can't pronounce his last name. <laughs> I was San, for you. Santanello, I think is how you'd pronounce it. And he won that match nine to six in sudden victory. Mm-hmm. I like to see Evan Frost widen that gap. Um, I'd like to see it not be in sudden victory. I'd like to see it somewhere in the 12 6 range. Um, Anthony Echemendia, um, at the time, Cole Matthews ranked number 15, and Anthony Echemendia was ranked number 14. And Anthony beat him by major decision 12 3. I'd like to see him do that same thing again. Just reaffirm to the nation that you're that dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see that. Cody Chittum did great, David Carr did great. Um, and then again, younger Bastido, I keep talking about him, but he keeps <laughs> wrestling highly ranked guys. He's got uh, number nine, Dayton Pitzer from Pitt. Uh, he beat him earlier this year, six to three. Pitzer is one of those guys that dresser said today is really good on top. So um, if younger does choose down, how quickly is he able to get up and how many times can you take him down? So that's another match where once again, you're looking forward to younger Bastido. Now this is one where, I'm going to assume Iowa State wins this dual meet. Um, they beat him earlier. I don't think Pitt has enough horses um, to swap uh, to get enough wins to, you know, challenge Iowa State here. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, they could. I think a lot of upsets would have to happen, but they could challenge Iowa State. But this is one where I think Iowa State wins um, probably pretty similar to last time, somewhere in that 21 to 14 range. Um but it should be it's going to be a good test as Iowa State gets ready for an Oklahoma Oklahoma State uh, weekend this upcoming the next weekend where mm-hmm. Oklahoma State is a lot better than I expected them to be. Yeah, just kind of coming out of nowhere, um, which I mean is exciting. I for me Oklahoma State's one of those programs where you know there's so much history there. John Smith is John Smith. I've always talked about how much I love him. Like, I don't want them to be a bad team. I want competitiveness. I want Iowa State to have a challenge. And I want Iowa State to come out the winner. And then, you know, and 
for us to be able to see how they come out the winner, right? So I don't think I don't think Iowa State's going to get the team we thought they were going to next week. And I think being able to wrestle Pitt on Sunday, and I think there's something interesting in being able to wrestle a team twice, especially in this capacity where you're going like dual, dual against dual. <laughs> I didn't know how to word that. You know what I mean? Like, I think Iowa State will win, just like you said. I echo everything you just said. I don't have to repeat it, but I think there's something special in going up against each other again, top to bottom. So it'll be an interesting test. And I think it'll be a good test for these guys before they prepare to head down to Oklahoma and face off against Oklahoma and Oklahoma state. So, which we'll have a pod where all we'll do is talk about those two programs. So (laughs) we don't have to get too far ahead, but I guess we can, we can talk about it. Our good pal, Seth, Seth Duckworth, if you guys are not familiar with him, he does great work covering the Oklahoma schools. Um, he has agreed to come on the pod with us to talk all things Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. I honestly don't, I wouldn't trust any other person more when it comes to the two programs and really understanding how the two are doing. I'm very curious to talk about Oklahoma you know, we talked about them in the off season and the few times we podcasted really about how, you know, becoming big 12 affiliates, what's that fallout look like for them from, you know, bigger sports, making the decision to move. And then their head coach left, which caused a lot of issues with guys leaving left and right. So I think it'll be interesting next week. It'll be an interesting, interesting matchup for Iowa state. For sure. But I guess I was going to ask you your final thoughts, but I guess when I, before we jump into that, we should talk about Iowa State's um, eventful heroic moment of helping (laughs) that random guy at their hotel find their kid. Um, Iowa State put out a story this morning about how, while they were out West, you know, traveling for the duels, they were all enjoying some pizza. I love the dresser um, decided to buy the team pizza. They were just having some pizza together. They were, I think it sounded like the lobby, correct? Yep. Lobby of the hotel. Yep. And they were just hanging out together, eating some pizza when suddenly there was a frantic dad kind of walking around and dresser wasn't a hundred percent sure why he was so frantic. So he just kind of said like, Hey, would you like to join us for some pizza? And it turned out that this poor guy, his um, how old was the kid? Like one year old, one year old had run off and they couldn't find him. And so, you know, dresser didn't hesitate. He called the team out and said, let's go. And they all went hunting for 20 minutes to find the kid. And lo and behold, Julian Broderson, the dad of the team <laughs> found the poor little one year old. He was in the parking garage beneath the hotel, which is just insane to me that he found a way down there. Yeah. Apparently he got on an elevator and pressed the button, probably the only button the kid could reach, <laughs> yeah. the, the basement parking garage, and got off the elevator. And apparently when Julian found him, understandably, the kid was crying in the corner, um, which makes total sense. I mean, heck, I think I have three nephews and the oldest one is 10. Yeah, I think if that happened to him, he'd be crying in the corner too. So, I mean, yeah. Um, and Dresser brought up the fact that he lost <laughs> he lost his daughter one time in the Des Moines airport, and that was only for a minute. And he said that felt like an eternity. So he couldn't 
imagine what 20 minutes felt like for this guy. Um, so yeah. yeah, the fact that Julian found him, the fact that Iowa State was able to help this guy, um, a really cool, positive, uplifting story of really a team banding together to help someone else who has no affiliation to anything, just help right. him out and do the right thing. Yeah. Um, in Andy's story, if you go to their Twitter or I'm sure it's up on their Facebook, but in the story Andy put together about the situation, he had mentioned in the story that they had said that the one-year-old um, Marley is the little boy's name had been fascinated by the team, you know, mm -hmm. just these big athletes sitting in the lobby. So then he got to, he got to meet him and hang out. Um, I mean, honestly, the parking lots under hotels are creepy. They I remember are very... that's what the hotel parking was like at the hotel, the media hotel for NCAAs in Tulsa. I hated going to my car. I hated going down there. And I'm a 28-year-old woman. <laughs> like, <laughs> can't imagine a one-year-old. So just a random story that Iowa State shared and I wanted to bring up in case anyone hadn't seen it yet. But just crazy situation. Shout out to Julian Broderson. I can only imagine how he felt being a truly a new dad. Olive, you'll see her in the video. She's just a little tiny thing. She's not even one year old. I don't think. Well, I mean, he even said that during interviews today. Like the fact that he was a dad definitely put a different perspective in his mind. He's like, if this had been, if this had happened two years ago, he would have searched for the kid, no doubt. But he <laughs> said there was a different level of purpose for his search right now. So. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's very, very fitting that he was the one to find the kid. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, of course, Julian found him. <laughs> of <Yep>. course. <laughs> but yeah, no. All right, Ben, give us your final thoughts. Final thoughts are Iowa State is wrestling really well. Um, mm -hmm. I liked what I saw from the Arizona State dual meet. Cal Baptist is what it is. It's going to be the same thing as Utah Valley. They're mm -hmm. going to win. And then Pitt's going to be another really good test before we start getting into more serious Big 12 action. No offense <laughs> to Utah Valley or Cal Baptist. Right. But some offense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Iowa State's ranked number four. So yep. moved up. They, yeah, they jumped up a spot after these past two duels. So it's, we're getting into the fun part. So. I'm excited to be back at Hilton. Unfortunately, it sounds like we're getting a ton of snow again. Oh, geez. Yeah. Another six to 10 inches. Yeah. I'm not excited for that. I, um, a thought I had was, so I took photos at the basketball game for Iowa state. Well, not for Iowa state, but the Iowa state Houston game. Um, I was there to take photos for cycling fanatic and basketball is one of those where it's like, it's just difficult for me. It doesn't come as easy as everything else. And, Obviously, great win for Iowa State. I was sitting there, and I was like, gosh, I'm ready for Iowa State to get into these fun fun matchups, too. Like, I want Iowa State wrestling to have this this type of environment, the explosiveness of these big wins. Like, I'm ready for it to be going on in wrestling. That that was That's where my brain went, if you want to know where my brain was last night. And I was just like, yeah, I'm ready to be sitting mat side, not scrunched between other people. <laughs> I'm ready to be back in our element when Hilton set up for wrestling. <laughs> yep. I'm with you. So that's my, that's my final thoughts. I'm just ready for the fun duels. I'm ready today. We talked a lot about you and I in the, in the studio. So it's, it's time. It's time. It's already January 10th. Yep. So 
Well, as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much to our sponsors, Fairway, who are awesome. And like I always say, they are huge supporters of not only wrestling, but of Ben and I here at Cycling Fanatics. So super grateful. Do your shopping there. Um, And yeah, we'll be back next week to preview Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and probably recap whatever craziness happens this weekend. (laughs) So thanks for tuning in, guys.